What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode two of the Near and Far podcast. It's just me and Chad today. No Ryan. Life beckons, as uh, I'm sure it will for all of us <laughs> uh, in other episodes. We're all uh, you know, just doing this as a hobby. So uh, that, that's the way we're going to roll here. But there was too much that went on uh, last night. We're recording this on Sunday. Last night, uh, WVU lost to Oklahoma, got embarrassed on national TV, 59 to 20. So Chad and I wanted to get on here and talk about that, uh, as well as, you know, we'll get into a little bit of Jimbo getting fired. Jimbo Fisher has been fired from Texas A&M. Uh, they're going to pay him $75 million to not work. Um, <laughs> so probably talk about that a little bit, but um, yeah, uh, lots to go over. <laughs> yeah, lots to uh, dissect here, man. We've got... Wow. I mean, just look at, looking at the stats and stuff from the game last night. I mean, it's it was obviously what the tale was going to tell after seeing that, but <clears throat> 644 total yards. For Oklahoma, right? Yeah. Right? Okay. That's just Oklahoma. That's not like total yards. That's just yeah, Oklahoma. Yeah, that's just Oklahoma. So Oklahoma is a pretty storied program. And we were, they were setting records last night. Dylan Gabriel has eight touchdowns. That's the most by any Oklahoma quarterback ever in a single game. Uh, and, and keep in mind, I mean, there's a lot of Heisman Trophy Oklahoma quarterbacks. I mean, you're talking, yeah. I, 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 you can think of a lot. Um, so, yeah, there was uh, what? They probably had three in the last, like, <laughs> or within like 10 years of each other, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I got, like whenever I start thinking about last night, I think the way that I start thinking about it is, man, I was really excited going into that game. The cards were going our way. You know, you had uh, Oklahoma State losing at UCF. That's one of the, the dominoes that needed to fall. And, and you know, uh, in order for us to go to the, the the Big Twelve Championship, you know, you needed Oklahoma State to lose a game. Um, Kansas lost. Kansas lost. That was another team getting out of the way for us to to make our way to the the Big Twelve Championship. So, you know that was the, the Texas Tech at the. I mean, Texas was in a close game going into the start of our game. You know, you you thought, okay, well, there's another team that that maybe might be losing, and, and all of a sudden it's looking like, okay, if we beat Oklahoma, there's a, there, there's a really good chance that we could play in the Big Twelve Championship game. Yeah, first I mean, drive, we go down this the the. the, the the field and, and and score it looks beautiful. You're thinking this is awesome, and from that moment on, the game was never in 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 our hands. Hey, okay, no. well, actually, I take that back. From they they come down the score, it's now seven seven. They then we we go three and out in the next possession. They score. They're up fourteen to seven. We go three and out again. We punt. They fumble the punt. We get it back, and you're thinking, okay, here we go. We can tie it up. And from that moment on, the game was never in question. Yeah, the uh, the first drive, man, I, I felt awesome about that. I thought, well, you know, at the very least, maybe we're going to get in a shootout, you know. And sometimes those aren't bad because it just, I don't know, because you, you hate to rely on the defense to make a, a stop when you're down two scores whenever there's not much time left in the game in situations where you're in a shootout. But yeah, the it, it was just it, it was crazy how it fell off after that first drive because it seemed like we we showed up and wanted to play with a little bit of in you know swagger and it just it went away 
Garrett <laughs> Green was like, um, we didn't have to worry about drop passes last night because he wasn't <laughs> throwing the ball anywhere near our receivers. Yeah. Yeah, I don't game. understand. Yeah, he had a rough game because I, I felt, you know, coming into this game, like you said, I was excited all week. And then all that stuff that happened prior to our game, the text or uh, Kansas losing, Oklahoma State losing. I thought, man, you know, this maybe something's in our favor for once. And then it, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's, it's huge letdown to be that excited for a game again. And then the, team that showed up last night it it was disappointing to say the least and i hated that it was like national nationally televised and that's kind of the story of i think there's you can take that big picture and kind of break it down in and and there's there's um similarities between that big picture of here we are here's our moment we have an opportunity to go and grab um, uh, and put us in the driver's seat for the Big 12 championship. We have an opportunity to play well and beat Oklahoma on national TV and show people West Virginia's back. And like you take that moment and we, uh, in the words of Brian Hefner, shit down our leg. Yes. Uh, <laughs> or, and then you break it into uh, smaller moments within that game. And okay, here we are. They fumbled a punt. We get the ball back with good field position. Zero point. Neil Brown's play calling, he goes into a shell of his former self. I don't know what it is about when we have the moment to be a killer and really just step on people's throats or to just go out there and grab a hold of something on offense. His play calling, it feels like it sucks yeah. in those moments. It does. Um, yeah, and then, and then uh, another opportunity, okay? At the end of the – getting close to the first half, we complete a long pass play to – uh, Ray, which by the way, I like Trey. I like him. I think he's got a bright future. I, yeah. I really like him. Yep. Um, but we complete that. We get down within the fir- the ten yard line, first and goal inside the ten, and he runs it up the middle. Four plays in a row. Four plays in a row. <laughs> and after the game, he talks about you know he would have liked to seen that that spot reviewed or whatever. Okay, whatever. But we had already like we were. I I think that he came into this game thinking that our offensive line was going to beat them, and it did not. Our offensive line did not beat Oklahoma. And it was – but I, I feel like we knew that before that possession. There was a fourth down that we failed on before that, right? Where, he, you know, it was a fourth and one, and we tried running it up the middle in, you know, a jumbo set, uh, and it, it just we, – we, were, we weren't getting any push. And then he goes up there, first and goal, runs it up the middle four plays in a row, after that, I feel like the game, we came back and scored before the half, and I guess it could have been interesting after that, but that, to me, was the end of the ball game right there. When they stopped us on the goal line, it was over. Yeah, um, I was trying to find, let's see, how many times did they punt? Oh, God. Twice. Ah, no, twice. No, 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 wait. I remember once in the first three. half they did. Yeah, three times. Three times okay. they punted. Okay. That was more than what I thought it was going to be. I don't know. I just I, f- I felt like there were the receivers were open on you know there were lots of times where like th- it was there, but like yeah. you know we talked earlier, the throws were not there for some reason. I mean, and when <laughs> and they weren't even in in the neighborhood. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I just feel like overall uh, Garrett Green's <laughs> decision making, run pass, uh, scramble. They weren't, didn't seem to be real sharp. 
Um, you know, one that really jumps out to me in my head is he, he, he rolls out. It was in the first half, I believe, rolls out to the left. Uh, Jaheim White is on like a, a wheel route. It looks like yeah, yeah, that's what he's, I was he's past the linebacker. Feels yep. like if he, he completes that pass, he has a nice gain at, for sure, a first down. Right, and it it wasn't even close. The ball skipped. No. Oh, like five yards in front of yeah. him, I believe. Yeah, um, it was. It was. It was like, are you sure you're right-handed? Yeah, you know, one of those situations. Like, I, I don't know. And, and you know, I think to sum it up, we went on national TV with a chance to really. Uh, establish ourselves and do some really good things and we didn't show up uh, no. we got we got we got just beat bad. yeah our, uh, our uh, predictions were nowhere in the ballpark <laughs> oh, no no and so i mean i i don't really for me personally i don't know about you i don't really want to talk about the details of the game anymore personally that doesn't mm. really interest me we didn't show up we got our asses beat i think where my head's at right now is a uh, big picture uh, and it, I mean, it revolves around Neil Brown, you know, yeah, we, um, uh, you know, we, think, we, 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 we were in here last week and we we're all kind of like, has Neil Brown done enough to shave his job? And we were all kind of like, yeah, probably, you know, we'll see how the rest of the, the three games go. I think he's got to win two out of three, uh, in order to keep his job. So I guess first thing I would throw at you, just, has that changed for you after yeah. seeing what we did against Oklahoma? I think that it has because, um, that was our signature win. You know, he can go eight and four without beating Oklahoma still to me isn't impressive enough. I, I think that he had to get, you know, he had to get a big win this year to show that he can, you know, play, play with the big boys and on the big stage. And, and I just, I don't think that it's enough. And I don't, I don't know. I hate to, uh, you know, talk down because we had a bad game, but it's, it's getting close to the point where we're going to, we need to move on, I, I believe. Cause there's no, there's no need for an extension. There's, I don't know. Cause we're not going to play anybody in the bowl game. That's going to be of any significance. It's not like we're going to, I don't, I mean, not to where I think it's going to be a huge caliber win for him. If, if we happen to, 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 to win the bowl game, but yeah, I, so I, I look at it like this. Um, to, go, to go to Oklahoma and play a night game there and lose badly, is not that in itself is not enough to make you lose your job because that's a tough, that's a tough thing not to do. I mean, Oklahoma is a good team. Uh, this year and almost every other year. Last, last year was a down year. But to go to Norman and lose embarrassingly, <laughs> you'd yeah. like to be competitive. But to lose like that, that, that in itself is not enough to lose your job. But we've played what I would consider to be three quality teams this year. We've played three top 25 teams this year. Uh, we've played Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and Penn State. Oklahoma State just got beat by UCF. They're probably going to drop out of the top 25. But I would still consider them a quality team. Okay? Yeah. So in those three games, all right, Oklahoma, we lost 20 to 59. Oklahoma State, we lost 34 to 48. And Penn State, we lost 15 to 38. Oklahoma State is the only game out of those threes that we were even competitive, where we were even in the game in the second quarter. <laughs> uh, or, well, I shouldn't say that. Penn State, it was, you know, up in the air at the half. But um, it feels like Oklahoma State was the only game where we were competitive, and then it just fell apart in the, in the fourth quarter. I, I, you know, I'm not going to tally up those scores, but that, 
that win-loss differential against the teams that on our schedule that were good this year is very lopsided. Very mm-hmm. lopsided. Yeah. So when you look at that, and, and you look at, okay, this was clearly a year where Neil Brown had to prove himself. And I think I would, even after the Oklahoma State game, Oklahoma game, I would say we have made progress this year. But here's the progress that we've made. I think this is the best thing you can say about Neil Brown is that this year we have shown that we can beat the teams we're supposed to beat, except for Houston. We, we still didn't do that one. Do that one. But, but in general, this year, we've only lost the one team that we were supposed to beat. So that's where we're at. And that's the case that Neil Brown has made this year. And to me, I think, I think that when you look at our schedule, it's one thing to, to, to lose lopsided to Oklahoma or lose lopsided to one top 25 team. But if you're playing three top 25 teams a year, and two of those three teams are on the, like, the cusp of being out of the top 25, like Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State and um, you know, Oklahoma uh, had lost two in a row leading into this game, then you would like to win one of those or at least be competitive in two out of the three. The fact that we haven't really, it's been very lopsided in all three of those games is what really leads me to the direction of we haven't made the type of progress that our record may show. We may be six and four right now. We may finish eight and four. But if you look back at this season and say that we lost lopsided to every top 25 team that we played, is that the type of progress where you're saying, yes, let's give them another year? Well, I mean, I think like you were saying, we beat, we're beating the teams that we're supposed to beat now. But is that, let me ask you this, is that year two or three mentality? And not year five. But like you said, we were in one of those three games. Penn State, we weren't. <laughs> they could have scored 16 points. And that was, you know, that was going to be, they were going to beat us. We just could not move the ball against them. We couldn't. Garrett Green had no time to throw. Um, Oklahoma just, you know, they, they walked all over. So we were really never in that one. Yeah, I mean, is that is that year two or three mentality? You know, whenever you're you're okay, you know, we're doing all right. We're beating the teams we're supposed to beat, but we're still miles away from. I I don't know. I just I feel like we what we go into Oklahoma thinking we have a shot because we're playing decent football. We go into Penn State. First game of the season, they don't look at it. They look at us like we're one of the, you know, they were looking at our game like it was preseason pay pay to play games. (laughs) You mean we got to go there next year? This isn't a two for one or (laughs) how much we pay in WVU to come here? Yeah. So I don't know. I I don't know. I feel like we we need to be, we should have already been past the, the teams that we were beating the teams that we need to beat and on to throw in a couple of upsets in every season, you know? Like, but, like I said, I think you look Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Penn State. You got to win one of those, in my opinion. Like, yeah. We should be at a place right now where we, we win one of those. Right, right. But um, And then you throw in a very bad loss to Houston, <laughs> a bad team. By the way, your former coach co- coach is there. Like, like that. It's just like, oh my God, get me out of this nightmare. That's that's yeah. how I feel right now. Yeah, like, I, I, like, I, I like Neil Brown, but I feel like 
I'm living inside of a WVU nightmare where if I have any expectations whatsoever, he's about to crush my dreams. And if I don't have any expectations, then that's just not fun. I'm a WVU fan. I want to have expectations. I want to be excited about our team. And every time I am, he gives me a reason not to be. Well, that that's why, like, you hear, you know, whenever Michigan is going through coaching searches and stuff, they, they bring up the term Michigan man. Is he a Michigan man? You know, like, maybe we need to stick with that kind of mentality. Is he a WVU man? Because it helps to to know the traditions and, you know, the, you know, we like to get back at people that, used to be here, used to coach here, you know, beat us really bad the year before, Pitt. You know, we got to have somebody running this team that feels as passionately about those things as the fan base does. And I don't – he doesn't come across like that to me. Like, I don't know that he realizes the significance of, like, how, how important it is to beat Pitt. You know, to us, that's our Michigan Ohio State game. We could lose every game on our on our schedule, but we beat Pitt whenever we're playing Pitt. It you know I'm, I know that we won't be satisfied, but it's just I'm just using that as the comparison. Yeah, and I don't feel like he, he, he that he's got the mentality to get our our guys hyped up for it. Like I don't know, maybe he does, maybe he just does it behind closed doors. I don't know what goes on in the locker room, but. When he's in his press conferences and stuff, he just, oh, my gosh. It's like. <laughs> well, I, okay. So I think that Neil Brown is a good cultural fit, being from Kentucky. You know, uh, yeah, I think that right. in that aspect, he is a good cult. He's a better cultural fit here than what Dana was, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and as a counterpoint to what you just said, you look at our, uh, his our rivalry games, Virginia Tech and Pitt, he's 3-1 and one in those games. Like, well, yeah. You know, uh, so. That that kind of plays into his corner there, but I understand what you're saying in that, like, did he feel any type of chip on his shoulder going in to play against Dana? Probably right. not. Uh, you know, yeah, he we, has no connection there. He doesn't. You know, it's not. I don't know. He doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't have those same harboring feelings that we have. You know, as fans of lifelong fans. So it's it does. It makes you wonder, like how how he's approaching these games because like you said you know you're going into houston this guy like left us yeah. for a non-power five school like let's let's go in there and make him realize you know this is what this is what we do at power five but yeah i mean they are they are now but at the time they weren't but you don't want to go in there and prove them right. You don't want to go yeah, in there right. and, and and give Dana justification for that decision or or or, or whatever. But um, yeah, I mean, and that's like, I, I think overall, like it, it it I feel bad because it feels like every game, if we won this season, I was back on the climb, and if we lost, I was wanting him removed. You know right. what I mean? And I, I like I can look at that and I can fully recognize that I am flip-flopping with each win and loss, but I can also look at the schedule and be like, that's justified. Right. If you look at the way that we've won and lost these games, it's somewhat justified. BYU, a team with a winning record, came into Morgantown and we beat them soundly. It was, it, it's not crazy to feel good after that happened. Right. 
go to Oklahoma, national TV, chance to play for the Big 12 championship, drop an egg, and it's normal to feel bad after that. Right. And I think more than anything, I'm just tired of this. I'm, yes. I'm the, 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 the leading talking point around WU football for the last three years has been, is Neil Brown going to keep his job? And I'm tired of it. I'm just tired of it. Yeah, how long and, can he be on the hot seat? And, exactly. And, and it's not going to go anywhere. If he, let's say we go eight and four, and then next season he's back. It, like it, that, he didn't do good enough this year for that to change and for him to uh, go and play Penn State, lose that game, and not have that question come up again. Can you, like, I can't stomach the idea of going through this for another year. Maybe that's the strongest case for why I think we should maybe go into a different direction. I just, as a fan, I can't imagine going through this again next year, man. Yeah, it's, you know, we come into the season thinking, you know, the, obviously the media, like, didn't give us any very high expectations. They picked us to finish last in the Big 12. And as fans, we're thinking, okay, we're going to go into this season. We're going to win. I mean, at that point in time, being realistic, we were picking, like, two or three wins we saw on our schedule, you know, before anybody ever played. and. As a fan, you're thinking, okay, let's just get through this season, get you know, get rid of Neil Brown. <laughs> let's start over. You know, I'm I'm ready to clear my head, like you said. I'm just tired of talking about the same what if or is he going to keep his job? Like it is, it's getting exhausting to this point. And then the worst possible case happens for us. We have we get bowl eligible. We're going to go possibly go eight and four, but we're we're looking at another season of like, well, what's he got to do this year to keep his job? You know, for next season, it's oh, I don't know. Yeah, I think you're. We're looking at the fourth year in a row. We're going to be talking about the same situations. Yes, and I, that that to me is just. Awful. Because, you know, okay, I mentioned that BYU game. It was a home game at night against BYU, newcomer to the Big 12 Conference. We won that game soundly. There were 50,000 fans there. 50,000. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. A Uh, night game. A night game in Morgantown. Yes. 50,000. It's, you know. How many people are going to be buying season tickets if, yeah. (laughs) And here's, okay, here's, here's another thing I would say in the case against Neil Brown. There, there is a lot of uh, young players that we're finally seeing potential from on the team. I will give him that. But show me, this is the third year that we've seen Garrett Green on the field. Show me where he has improved. Uh, well, I mean, just when you think he's about to get over that hump and be like, okay, this guy is staying consistent. He's over the last, you know, three, three games, he's led, you know, been up in the leader, one of the, one of the leaders of the big 12 and in, in offensive production. And then you have a game and I understand he's a human being and people are going to have off nights, but I mean, as a coach, do you just keep rolling the dice and like hoping he's going to like, all of a sudden snap out of it in the third quarter and lead us to victory like Pat White did and against Louisville. And when we were down, what, 20, 27 to half in that game. But, I mean, that statistically, that's not going to happen. 
you've got to be, I think, aware as a head coach to be like, listen, he's just he doesn't have it tonight. But I believe he gives us our best chance to win. But and I'm not saying that like Nico should have been put in the game because he's obviously not comfortable enough yet. I mean, I don't know if it was just the situation he was put in, you know, he's he's they put him in in garbage time just to get some reps, you know. So is he going to come in and try to, you know, bring us back? No, he's you know, you can't put that on his shoulders when we're down right. he's 30, 30 some points. But you, you got to start thinking in this early on in the game that things, you know, that your quarterback's off tonight. Like, and not just a little bit. It was. It, he looked bad. He looked bad. He did. I, but I guess my argument, I, and I understand where you're coming from, and I agree with that for the most part. But my argument would be, again, again against Neil Brown, is should should um, should Garrett Green be more advanced in his progression as a quarterback now? Yeah. In in four years under Neil Brown than what right. he is. Should he be able to have a little bit more touch on those balls uh, so, over the middle and to the to the to the running backs? So are you relating his his uh, progression with coaching? Like he's not, yeah, I I am like, I am I think that is I think player development is a it falls on the coach. I yeah, think player it absolutely development falls does. on the coach. And I and, feel and Neil Brown's recruited well since here. You talk to I mean you look at our recruiting classes and it, you know for the most part Neil Brown has recruited well for West Virginia in the time that he's been here. Transfers have been a problem. I don't really blame Neil Brown too much for that. It's a world we live in th- these days. But when you look at guys on the roster who have been here for two, three, four years under Neil Brown and they aren't contributing yeah. on the field, right. that's a problem. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not I, saying Garrett Green hasn't contributed. That's not at all what I'm saying. Yeah, but, we don't win games without him this year. Sure. Like, But – I, yeah, totally. I mean, you're like you said, two, three, four years they've been here and they're not contributing. Like they may have came out of high school, you know, when we hit the recruiting trail as, you know, this guy right here, he's he's what we're looking for. Well, you know, after you get him to campus and let him sit for a year, of course, you know, they're they're young. And then year two, they should be getting significant playing time and contributing to whatever position they they're put in. And we're not, we don't get that. We're not, we haven't been getting that. And Garrett green gets the ball every play. And he's, you know, that's a lot of reps. You know what I mean? Like not everybody on the field is touching the ball every play. Yeah, He touches the ball every single play. And I don't know. I mean, you look back to when, like, Pat White first started playing, getting significant playing time, which was after the Louisville game. He was, what, a sophomore? No, he was game? a freshman. He would have been a redshirt freshman. freshman. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. He was a freshman. So, year two, I mean, he was, like, he was a stud. Yeah, I mean, he had his passing issues. I'm not gonna. He wasn't. He wasn't uh, Mark Bolger back no, there. Um, but, but you know, our offense wasn't designed around no, the pass. No. So he 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 did the things he was supposed to do. What, what, what he was expected of. His decision making was probably a little better on the zone read. You know, obviously. Yeah. Um, and then 
Yeah, I mean, I went. I actually uh, watched that Louisville game not too long ago, and uh, he had better touch on the ball than what I remembered at that at that point. Yeah, but he, uh, he you know he made some big throws. Yeah, he he probably threw it ten or twelve times a game. You know, and yeah, like doesn't <laughs> <laughs> isn't <laughs> bad for, for if you're if you're if you're Navy. That's, that's yeah, that's those yeah, are big numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, other games he threw it more, obviously. But you know, most of the time we just ran the ball and. And got the job done, but and you know it sucks that I'm trying to compare Garrett Green to, to Pat White, which is arguably one of the greatest Mountaineers of all time. Right. So, uh, but I, I do I do think that he he needs to be a little bit further along than what he is at this. I, I point. would agree with that. I would agree yeah. with that, and I think um, that's that's again. I think I put that more on Neil Brown than Garrett Green in the sense yeah. of like. Like here, I mean, this is crazy to think about compared to where we were a week, two weeks ago. But like, okay, let's say that like next two games go and Garrett plays okay. Do you are you in, like do you go in the portal for a quarterback? Is, are, are, have you seen enough this season to, to lead you to believe that Garrett Green is going to go into his senior year, giving you a chance to beat Penn State, to beat Oklahoma State? Well, and, and it's. To, because basically what you'd be saying there is that I expect Garrett Green to take a step forward between his junior and senior year. Show me the step forward between his freshman and junior year. That would lead you to believe that. Yeah, it's it's does, does JT Daniels have any more eligibility? <laughs> Can he play for a record eighth school? Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if if that's the answer or not because I don't think you can. I don't. I don't either. Um, I don't think you can go in the portal for a quarterback because you're you're also looking at Nico at that point and being like right. you're not our guy either. So right. Uh, yeah. I think at, at most you could say we're going to have a competition. The, the 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 quarterback competition is up in the air this off season. We don't you know, and, and we don't and both both will have a chance to earn the job. But does uh, does being able to recruit good players or have a good recruiting class, if you if you can bring in, you know, high talent, but can't develop them, what's the point? Uh, exactly, that's exactly my point. Because um, you know they talked about Nico. You know this dude is you know one. He was highly rated high school quarterback, and we we get him. And if that same player is recruited to an SEC school or Big Ten school, you know, is he their starting quarterback? Is he pushed along to where he is capable of leading a, you know, a Florida or, uh, you know, I'm not going to say Alabama or Georgia because – you know, I don't think that he was that level, but I mean, I'm just saying on a coaching standpoint, it's these guys get these guys ready. And well, I, I mean, to play devil's advocate, there he's what a redshirt freshman this year. He's a freshman, right? So it's not crazy to think that at any other school he might not see the field much until his sophomore junior year, right? You know, I think that's the way it, it works a lot at Alabama. Is you know when the guy you know you got to you. you 
this this quarterback in his senior year wins a national championship in the Heisman, and then next year you've got a junior coming in who's going to do the same thing. Uh, you know, they've got a role in there, and we're not Alabama. Let's like no. let's, let's, let's 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 stop the right. comparisons there. But I think maybe maybe like to play onto your point there, the, the question I would have is at other schools when they bring in a highly touted recruit, where would they after two years on campus? Where is their progression at compared to Nico's? I don't think we can fairly answer that question. To be fair to Nico, he's been called upon three times and has won all three games. Yeah. Not necessarily, um, you know, crazy numbers that he put right. up there. He wasn't asked to do a lot. But I don't, I don't know that we can, we can answer that, but I think that does play into the player progression uh, and player development point uh, is, you know, if this guy was a big recruit, if he's been on campus for two years, uh, why isn't he in a point in a place right now to compete for the starting job? Maybe is what what you're saying. Yeah, it's like you know what what what's he being told? Is he being told, you know, just sit back and 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 learn? I want you to memorize the offense and and just blah blah blah. Or are they like saying, are they are they? getting after him to where he is pushing himself, you know, are they coaching him to where he's pushing himself to where Garrett green is <laughs> needs to start looking over his shoulder. And I don't think that they are, you know, yeah. I feel I feel like he is a backup quarterback and he is just the backup quarterback. There's no, yeah. like, he's not going to come in. If Nico gets hurt in the first quarter against Oklahoma and comes in and throws five touchdowns, four hundred yards, he's not going to do that. Like I, I, I just I don't think I'm not saying he's not capable of doing that, but I don't look for him to 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 do that. Like he comes yeah. if if that were the situation and he comes in, it's just like, meh, you know, like yeah. I, I and I think at some point you have to look and say during Neil Brown's tenure here, we've never had great consistent quarterback play uh we're in year five so at some point like 10 years go by and you look back and you say we've never had great quarterback play during those 10 years you can name a lot of recruits during that time and maybe point a finger at them but at some point you got to look at the coach and be like something's going on with your scheme here with your development or something that doesn't allow you to get the most out of these quarterbacks clearly um and i, I don't know i don't know but you know, it, it, and it's not just the quarterback position. Like, I don't even think the quarterback position is by any by any means our weakest position on our team. The, the defense is another aspect of that too. Like, how did we get this thin on defense? I know there's been injuries, but we're a Big Twelve football program. You're in your fifth year. Supposedly, you've been a good recruiter. Why is the cupboard so empty on defense? And it feels like. We it once we're past our starters and once we're in there with our our backups that they really aren't capable of competing with the players in the league. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it, whenever Tony Gibson was our defensive coordinator, he he had players ready. He had them ready. You know, people made. <laughs> sit back and say they didn't like the three three five scheme. But if you watch now, a lot of college football is some modification of that defense now. But he had his players ready. They were hungry. And 
and I, even whenever we had to go to the bench, I feel like those guys were hungry. They may not have been, you know, experienced, but they were hungry. And that had a hundred percent to do with coaching. He turned a lot of defensive backs into NFL players. And I don't, I don't think that our defense has that fire, you know, like there's a few on the, on the field. Our linebackers seem to do decently, but we don't, I don't know. I, I think it's all coaching. I think it's all coaching. We've got, we've got, we've got the talent because you see it, you see it, you see flashes of it so often that you're just like, that's why you leave yourself to question why, what the hell happened right there? Why, why, you know, this game, are we shitting down our leg? But the game before we, we were all, we were flying all over the field. You know, what, what is the mentality? Why does the mentality seem like it changes week to week? So drastically, it's drastic. Like, and good, good teams will make you do that. Oklahoma is a good team. Yeah, yeah Oklahoma is a good team. But again, I think I'm pretty sure Stoops had a had a career night last night. So I mean, it's one thing for a good team to make you look bad. It's another thing for you to walk away from said good team and be like, every single offensive player had a career night. <laughs> like, yeah, okay, something clear. <laughs> That's more than just playing a good team. That's a good yeah. team playing a bad team. Is right. what that looks like to me. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I do feel like the the defense on this this year has gotten a little bit of a bad rap in the sense that, like, to me. I think the fan base, and, and as a general fan, when a three and out and a punt with three runs up the middle, three bad play calls or three bad decisions by the quarterback doesn't stick with you as much as a pass, a missed tackle, and a long touchdown. Like that sticks out to you more. And you're like, oh, the defense lost us this game. Well, what about whenever they, they muffed the punt and we went three and out and got zero points out of it on the 30 yard line? Yeah. Like, you're telling me that that, like, our offense, and I felt like this against Oklahoma State as well in the second half. Our offense, when when the time comes for our offense to apply pressure to the other team and make them have to produce whenever they come back on the field and get the ball, they fold like a lawn chair in every single one of those positions. And yeah. that has been why I'm not as hard on the defense as um as maybe some other people might be. Last night was embarrassing. Fifty nine points. Clear, like like the defense did not play good last night, but no. the offense did not help them out. No, the offense didn't help them out. But I was looking there a little bit ago. The time of possession. Take a guess on what the time of possession was. I think we probably did pretty good. It was on time of possession within thirty seconds of Oklahoma's. Yes, yeah. because yeah. you know, watching the game, I thought, man, it's it's tough for us to, to do anything when our defense is on the field all the time. But they, they weren't because they were scoring fast. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's why it seemed – I think that's why it was as close as it was because we were going three and out, but they were scoring. You know, we had the ball for a minute and a half and three possessions and kick it to them, but they had the ball for a minute and a half, but they were scoring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little, little different. But time yeah. of possession, that's where time of possession doesn't mean much. Is, right. Yeah, when yeah. you look at like – like I'll take I'll take no time of possession, but all scoring drives all day every day. Uh, right. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different like that, but like Stoops, like he did have a I think career high 
yardage. I'm not sure about receptions, but he's their leading re- receiver. Like he's okay. I saw um, a stat pop up last night that he's the first Oklahoma player to have 60 receptions in a season since CD Lamb. Hmm. Okay. So I mean, he's not like he, it wasn't like he wasn't on our radar. Right. 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 Gotcha. But yeah, that one. That one stung last night because I was just excited, like excited yeah. to to play on the big stage, have a game that could, you know, potentially catapult us into the Big 12 title game because of what happened earlier in the day. And then, wow. And it was just like, it, it's just disappointing. And, and I'm just, I don't know. I'm tired of being disappointed. I'm but, tired of... I'm tired of I'm tired of just not being ex- I, I I'm tired of like n- being t- being destroyed every time I have an ounce of excitement. Yeah. <laughs> like, if we if basically. we lose if we lose that game in the last two minutes of the you know in the last two minutes of the fourth quarter because they scored or you know we just didn't get it you know a, get it done. I feel differently this morning. Than, right, right, right. At least be competitive. Yeah. And, you know. Um, yeah, that's, that's another thing too, that like, I, I watched, um, Neil Brown's press conference and I, his first sentence was, you know, I'm really disappointed in the way we played tonight. If you look at the last two games, the net, or if you look at our last three games with them or the previous two games against Oklahoma, uh, the total score is a tie. And to me, it was like, dude, don't sugarcoat it. Like, right. Don't come out here and talk about how close you played in the last two games. You just got beat fifty nine to twenty, bro. Right? Like, don't sugarcoat it in any way, shape, or form. Like, I—that's how I took it. I took it as him coming out and being like, "Hey, we normally play these guys close. I know we got beat tonight. <laughs> but normally, we play these guys close, dude. You got beat fifty nine to twenty. It wasn't yeah, competitive after the first quarter. Let's not talk about previous games. That to me sounds like somebody that's like trying to make excuses to keep his job. Yeah. And, and you wonder if that's the mentality. If, again, we don't, we're pure speculation here. We're two dudes talking about this on the internet, but like it, it how is he talking to the players? Is he going to the locker room and being like, Hey guys, really disappointed in how we played tonight. Uh, you know, but, but, but good job playing them last year. We beat them last year. If for yeah. those of you who are here last year, good job. Like what, <laughs> what, what, like, I don't know. I just feel like that's kind of a, I guess if you're, if you're like, you know, people talk about Neil Brown, does he have it? Does he have the, the it factor to be like, to take us to the level that we want to be in college football? Uh, and I think maybe that's what I would point out right there is I think that you look at a lot of those coaches that uh, are able to take teams that don't have all the advantages in the world, like West Virginia. We're never going to have the best recruits. We're never going to have the most money. We're never going to have the best facilities. We're not Alabama. We're not Michigan. We're not Ohio State. The, but, the Boise States of the world, right? If you if you get the right coach in those situations, they'll overachieve, and they, and you'll get them in these situations where they'll take one of those teams, and they will they will punch above their weight. But usually, that requires a coach that's got the it factor. Yeah, and I'm not sure that Neil does. Uh, now, the counterpoint to that would be clearly he did at Troy. There's a hey, there's a difference between being the underdog and being the the guy who goes into LSU and doesn't have anything to lose. Right. Like if you if you go there and you lose fifty to nothing, they're gonna be like, well, it was Troy playing LSU. 
that's a different feeling than going into Oklahoma with as the West Virginia coach and having the ability to go in there and get a win and play for the Big 12 title. Right. That's pressure. Yes. Yeah, and this, it just feels is, like every time he's had that pressure, we lose. Is his coaching mentality still stuck at Troy level? Like, is, you know, it's what you're saying. Like, are we, well, you know, we gave it a shot. <laughs> I hope not, man. I, I mean, it, it seems like it. So let me ask, let me ask you this. Next two games, does anything, does anything change? Are you saying we could go in, we could beat, we can win our next two games, 40 to nothing, both games. And you're saying that if you're Rin Baker, you let him go. I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm definitely thinking hard about it because, like I said, I think the you know we've talked about last week the Big Twelve is down. We played all the newcomers this year, right? So we lost to Houston. Yeah. So if we let's see, <laughs> I mean, I I feel like you know I'm not asking him to go twelve and zero. I'm asking him to beat the teams were supposed to beat and then throw in at least one upset, you know, a game that, you know, we're, we're going to, we're not supposed to win because it's on the road against a ranked team, blah, 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 blah. I mean, at this juncture of where we're at right now, you know, down the, in the future, I, I hope that we improve and are good enough to where we're going to be that ranked team that people are head hunting. But right now, I feel like he he needs to have you know we had two games, three game, three games, three games on our schedule where if he gets one of those wins, I think we're we're headed the right direction, and we didn't get any of them. And and here's here's another thing I just thought of. Okay, so three of our Big Twelve wins. Let's. Let's say, okay, so BYU, UCF, uh, who else have we beat in the Big 12? TCU, uh, that's, that's normal. Okay, let, let's do this. Let's replace, on our schedule this year, let's replace BYU with Texas. Let's replace uh, UCF with Kansas State. And then we will replace, um, oh, just do that. Let, let's just, let, let's right. just start there. Yeah, just so now with you, those two. You, just with those two, you take those two wins, and those are two losses. There's there's nothing you can yeah. show me that says uh, yeah. that we win those games. I was going to say if you were, if you if you add those two, take away those two wins, it, uh, we're looking for a new coach. Yes, we are 100. percent He's gone. Yeah. So he so we're we're in a we're in a position right now. We've we've we both mentioned we're not Alabama, we're not Michigan. What we expect from our program and from our coach is that every. Four years, we're going to compete for the Big 12 championship. Yeah. Every four years, when the schedule aligns to give you kind of a, a, a few layups there, that you can make a run, crack that top 25, and be in the national discussion, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. This I mean, was you, that year. This was have, that year. And he hasn't it. done it. You're right. You, you know, like you're, some years you're given the opportunity to, you know, yeah, the schedule's uh, take advantage of it. Yes. It's every year you have a, team that's in the top five and there's always people saying, well, they didn't play anybody, but at the same time, they're not losing. Yep. You know, it's not their fault that, you know, Hey, we're getting the job done, but we may not be playing top caliber teams, but you know, they should have been better. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, uh, so if, 
if we're going to go into the Big 12 with no Texas, no Oklahoma, there's no excuses anymore. You know, we, it's, I think that you're looking at one, two, three, probably five teams that should be in discussion for, you know, winning the Big 12 next year. Yeah. And I don't see why we shouldn't be one of those. And and I'm not saying that should play into the decision to keep him or not, but it do, it plays into my mind. It's like next year feels like a new era in the Big Twelve. Yeah, like it yeah, feels absolutely. like a really nice time for us to bring in a new coach and kind of enter a new era ourselves. Yeah, because right now we we talked about this in the last episode. Who's going to be the new flag bearer for the Big Twelve? I mentioned Oklahoma State. You said Kansas State. Uh, Utah is coming in. Yes. That's who's going to be the new flag bearer. Yes. And, yes. And we forgot about Utah. Yeah. You like, and if we're, so if we're going to, has, has, has Neil Brown showed us anything in five years that says that we're going to be in that discussion? Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. Um, so I, I, I guess, you know. But who do we, <laughs> who do we go after if we, we should do yeah. an episode on that. Like, I'm okay to talk about it, but we should do an episode on that later in the week. It should just yeah. be, who, who do we target? Okay, Neil Brown's gone. Who do we target? Yeah. I mean, I, obviously, everybody's going to talk about Jimbo. We might as well talk about that right now. So, Texas A&M is going to pay Jimbo Fisher $76 million. I think that's before his assistant buyouts. Well, his assistant coaches have buyouts. So, that's before the assistant buyouts. They're paying him $76 million and moving in a different direction, which is just insane to me. Yeah. Um, so do. a lot of people, Jimbo is a West Virginia guy, grew up in West Virginia. Uh, a lot of people are saying, let's let's get rid of Neil and bring in Jimbo. What do you think about that? I do not want any part of that. <laughs> okay, why? Well, because I feel like Jimbo Fisher, first of all, I mean, I'm not saying he's not a good coach. He obviously recruits well, you know, but a lot of that has to do with where he's at, the the money that he's, you know, that he has available from boosters and donors. You know, at Texas A&M, the, the, the money is just endless. But when he Literally. was at Florida State, he had, he won the national championship and then... I'm, you know, we, we like to sit here and say, you know, you can't win a football game with one player, but Jameis Winston was on another level in college football. He really was. He, he was, you know, he caught lightning in a bottle. They, the, the, the pieces fell in place for them with that, you know, with him. So he hasn't really shown anything outside of that, that he is, you know, capable of leading a, a school like Texas A&M. And obviously, you know, they feel the same way, but I don't, even from our perspective, we're not Texas A&M. I don't, I don't want him coming in either just because he hasn't really shown me that he's a, that he can do the job any, you know, anywhere unless he's got a superstar and, you know, He's not developing the players down there that he's getting five star recruits. He's got top five recruiting class every season. What okay. What is going on? You know, why? 
why are you still not competing in the SEC? I think I read that Jameis Winston went 26-1 and as a starter uh, with the only loss in the college football playoff. I, I, I think, don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure that's what I read as part of the, the Jimbo Fisher news cycle that, that I've been catching up on here. But um, I, I agree with you. Jimbo, I think, there, I think there are, I'll say this, I think there are worse coaching candidates. I think that if he's interested in the job, it has to be a conversation that you think about. But I'm not really, I don't think we should go that direction either because the big thing for me is motivation. I think we need a coach that is hungry. Jimbo Fisher is going to, they're going to pay him the way that contract was structured is they pay 20% of that buyout within, I think, 30 days of firing him. And then they pay him $7 million per year over the next eight years. So do we want a head coach here who's making, I mean, Seven million dollars a year, out on t- and then on top of that, whatever we're paying him, how hungry is that coach? What's his motivation? He's already yeah. won a national championship. He's already proven that he can win at the highest level. So what's his gonna, what's going to be his motivation here, Jimbo? Retire, dude. Take your money. Fish every single day. Don't deal with <laughs> college regents. Don't deal with college presidents. Don't deal with fans. Don't deal with recruiting. Don't deal with parents. Don't deal with these kids. Enjoy the rest of your life, dude. Take your paycheck and go. But I, that, that's what I would say. You know, even, even like people talk about bringing Rich Rod back. I can see motivation there. Rich Rod doesn't have to worry about money, sure. But he might be motivated to win, to come back and prove that he can win yeah. again at this level. Right. He's been humbled. Like, yeah. He's been humbled. From Michigan down to Jack. He was an offensive coordinator. Then he got the job at Jack State. Uh, so he, he might... Prove that his motivation might be, I can come back. And maybe Jimbo would have that same motivation as well. I don't know. But I, I just, I would be much more inclined. Like, if we're talking about candidates, and again, I, I would love to do an episode on just this. But my top candidate right, there, right now would be JMU's head coach, Signetti. Played quarterback here. There are ties to West Virginia. He is, uh, turned JMU into a powerhouse. Um, that would be my top candidate, personally. Uh, Outside of that, I, I know you're going to mention it if I don't. You got to look at Tony Gibson. Tony Gibson has to be a candidate as well. Uh, obviously, West Virginia ties here, being a defensive back coach, has done an amazing job at NC State with uh, as a defensive coordinator there. Uh, he, well, he was a defensive coordinator here as well. Those are those are kind of the two names that I would mention. I think is Rim Baker though. Like, go, go ahead. What what do you think on that? Well, I mean, it just goes back to you have to be and, and like you said, Jimbo Fisher is from West Virginia, but I don't know. Is he a West Virginia guy? Like he's been gone. He's been gone so long. Is he, does he have that same hunger as, you know, a a West Virginia native has, you know, to win for the state of West Virginia? Like, you know, Bob Huggins said it all the time. I'm, you know, we do this for the people West Virginia, you like, I feel like Jimbo Fisher is more of a, you know, I'm just doing this for me, you know, but I don't know that, you know, I'm just speculating that, but uh, I think we need to go the route of a West Virginia guy. And um, I'm, you know, at this point, if Rich Rodriguez were to to re-enter the conversation, I've, I'm all for it. I've, you know, I'm, I'm, I was always a Rich Rod fan. I, you know, when he left, I didn't really have – I was crushed when he left. But it was on the level of, like, 
you know, I I, I see your point. I see why you left, you know, because, you know, we've talked before about the, the, the background of like why he left and stuff. And he's even touched on it um, in the last couple of years with on Tony Creedy's show um, about what really happened there. And it seems like the people that are just a hundred percent against it are, they, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to, to know. They just want to believe what they believe and be like, you know, he, he did this and he blah, 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 blah. And it's just, it's sickening, you know, like on one level, I want, I would like to be like rich. If rich were given another opportunity, I'd welcome it. If Tony were given an opportunity, I, I would welcome it. And I think that those two guys right there, like you said, rich has been humbled. I think that he would want to come back and prove to the state of, you know, the people of West Virginia that he, you know, he wants to, be successful once our and that and and to play his ego. Imagine the motivation for him being like, "Let me show these people that they can't right. win without me." Right. That that, that I am I am the key yeah. here. And, yeah. And that's a selfish motivation, but I will I will take it if that's going to cause him to come here and do a hell of a job. Yeah. And work his ass off. Right. And and I think that Tony's hungry. You know, he's he's awesome recruiter. He does. He's <laughs> the relationships that he establishes with his players is like. You know, it's on another level. I feel like we don't – I don't know for sure, like I said, but I don't, I feel like we could see that from just being from a fan's perspective that he – you know, he the kids loved him. And looking looking at it now, I don't – I don't – I don't see it, like, as obviously from a fan's perspective with our current coaching staff. But with – I'll tell you this. I want – this buyout, like I wanted to touch on this because I feel like the buyout that Jimbo Fisher has was so crazy. I hope that it does. It changes the 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 way that college football contracts are laid out now, because these schools were just throwing out you know buyout money, blah 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 blah. Just just come here, whatever. We'll give you a twenty million dollar buyout. We'll give you a fifty million dollar buyout. Blah blah blah. And now that they're having to pay this this money out, it may make other universities less likely to just be so trigger happy on saying, yeah, we'll give you that. You know, no, you come in, you win first, and then we'll talk about it. It's crazy. And I, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because it almost feels criminal to me that a contract like that exists. So you're telling me that... He can come here, and if he wins, you're going to restructure my contract and give me more money. But if I lose and you want to get rid of me, you're still going to have to give me $70 million. That's crazy. Yeah. And it's not like, to be fair, the other, the other side of the coin is like, well, I'm not losing. Like you, Jimbo Fisher could be like, I have a winning record. Right. So you want to fire me, go ahead. But the reason I have this contract is because you all make decisions like this. Like winning isn't enough. For you, <laughs> yeah. like you're gonna put these crazy expectations on me. I'm gonna like secure my future by you know making you have a you know a really lopsided contract. But no, I fully agree. These are public institutions. I don't know if te- Texas A&M a, a public institution like like oh, West yeah. Virginia. West Virginia is, and West Virginia is in financial trouble right now. Right. And we're if 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 Rem Baker decides to fire Neil Brown, he's gonna pay him 
$12.3 million, something and like how, that. And how will that go over with the people of West Virginia that don't care about football? You know what I mean? Like, there's you're going to have that's a tough situation to be in. It's isn't really that? tough. That's like really director. tough. Um, um, yeah. I, but I mean, well, how about this? Like, yeah, we give these coaches incentives for winning. You know, like you, you win the conference championship, you get, uh, you know, $500,000 bonus. You win. A playoff game, you get another $500,000 bonus. You win the national championship, you get a million-dollar bonus. What about a little incentive for not doing that? How about <laughs> how about if we give you an extension um, with, you know, buyout money in it, you go six and six or worse, we're taking X amount of dollars off of that buyout. Like, if, you know what I mean? Like you've got, you, you go to Oklahoma be, and you lose 59 to 20, yes. your buyout gets reduced by $6 million. Yeah. You're going to uh, owe us money. Yeah. <laughs> and you're taking the bus home. Uh, <laughs> so you got to drive yourself. You're going to go to, to, to enterprise and rent a car and drive home yourself. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't, I don't know, man. These, these contracts are, are insane. I I've been reading up, on the potential replacements for Jimbo, which has been fascinating to read. Well, Anything that comes to mind for you? Like, like just throw some names out there. Where, who do you like? Because to me, them firing Jimbo and paying his buyout, I feel like they've already been talking about this. They have the next coach lined up, personally. Um, well, the, I did see that the, uh, what's his name, Dan Lanning from Oregon. Yeah kind of in the mix but why would i don't, I don't understand think he leaves it, oregon no i don't understand why anybody would want to leave oregon and they're going to the big 10 next year like yeah. or he's he's fine where he's, yeah. he's got sec ties but it's not texas a&m right yeah i don't know i mean if if the pac-12 doesn't dissolve maybe maybe well they are for sure going to the big 10 right or yes yeah they're, okay, they're, okay. they're going but I'm just saying but if they if it did if it weren't dissolving like say hypothetically that oh, okay, none, okay, of that, okay. none of that yeah. none of the uh the, the landscape has changed you still got USC and UCLA then um I think that he may think of going to the SEC but I still I don't know like I've never been a head coach obviously but I feel like Oregon would be one of the most premier places to be as a head coach. I mean, look what you've got back and you've got Nike, you've got like, you've got the brand. They're the and only thing in the state, right? Seattle is Washington. Like there's not an NFL team in Oregon. Right. No. Yeah. So it's kind of one of those situations too. Like, yeah, like we we're in, we're, we're the, you know, college football is their thing. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. I don't know who you go after. So it, it'll probably what, be one of Kirby Smart's assistants, I'm sure. Well, <laughs> what I what I've seen in this, uh, whenever I read both of these names, it was like, aha, yeah, that that makes sense. Uh, I think the the first name that was mentioned was the Duke head coach. Apparently, okay. he was a Texas A and M defensive coordinator or you know, something. He's got Texas A and M ties. Okay, so that makes sense. Um, but Urban Meyer is available. Yeah. And, that's that's I if I was that's them, interesting. That's yeah, interesting. He, Urban Meyer has never had a losing season, has won a national championship at two different schools, <laughs> and has SEC experience. I that would be the top candidate in my mind. Yes, clearly some baggage there. He's a, he, I mean, Urban Meyer is 
pretty disgusting human being. But if you're paying $75 million to get rid of a coach with a winning record in their, what, sixth year? Yeah. You're probably okay with hiring disgusting human being. Right. It would not surprise me if Urban Meyer is the next coach at Texas A&M. I heard his name uh, rumored with Michigan State, too. I don't know how much truth yeah. was behind I that. Think but... he has Michigan State ties, doesn't he? I feel like he does. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that I think that, that that seems a little bit less likely to me than Texas A&M, right. personally. Um, yeah. So, anyway, I, that, that'll, it'll be interesting to see what, what goes down there. But at the end of the day... I don't think that West Virginia is the right job for Jimbo Fisher. I hope the dude just retires and lives the rest of his life knowing that he won a national championship and that he and his kids and his kids' kids don't ever have to work. Um, <laughs> and he just lives happily ever after. So I agree with you there. He's he, how old is he? He's I think late, he's in his 60s, late 60s, probably. Uh, yeah. I mean, but these coaches nowadays, they that's all they know. That's all they want to do. So, you know, it's not unheard of for them to go well into their 70s coaching if they're the ego, know. man. The yeah. ego has to be insane. I think another factor there too that that I didn't think of until today actually is like they've got a they've got a, a support system underneath of them that they they try to take care of, like assistance. Yeah. So if you know, whenever whenever Jimbo gets fired at Texas A&M, it's not just Jimbo; it's all of his assistants right. are, are losing a job as well. And maybe they'll find somewhere else to work, or maybe they won't. So Jimbo can say, like, I can go take the job at West Virginia right now. All of my support system comes with me and is employed, and we just carry on. And or if I retire, they're they're going to have to fend for themselves. That's true. That's you know, you're looking at it from a, like a hum, like as a human humanity perspective you know you're you've got a family outside of your family to take care of um but you gotta i know we have it's been you know years removed from eddie passed along but that was one of rich's big big gripes was he wanted money for his assistance that they did not want to come off of is that changed now at wvu um the nil I feel like Rich Rodriguez would thrive in in this in this landscape now. Like I think he can he would be good at using that to his advantage. We you know it's still it's a money thing. You know we we obviously aren't going to have the same amount of money that other bigger schools have, but I feel like he could use it the to the best of his advantage as possible. You know. And I, I think that they would raise more money too. Like, if if if, if Rich Rod or any let's let's say any coach that the the fan base if if was excited about was yeah. next year, ticket sales would go up. That BYU game. If Rich Rodriguez is what were we at that time five and three? Yeah. If Rich Rodriguez Six, comes in next yeah, year and we're five and three going into week nine with a home night game. There's yeah. gonna be more than fifty thousand people there. Yeah, I promise you that. Right, I promise you that. Yeah, uh, and and so I think that I think that, that that's another aspect of the NIL is regardless of how smart Rich Rodriguez or whoever is at navigating that, the NIL hit that's West Virginia at the worst time possible. We haven't been this irrelevant in college football for twenty years. 
right? Uh, or like a little under 20 years. Um, yeah, yeah, right around 20 years, basically. So we're at a low point, and combined with that low point is fan interest. And then NIL is made up of a lot of, you know, how much is the fan base willing to spend, basically, is what, what your NIL pool came, comes from. Yeah. And we're at a point where fans can't even be bothered to go to games, let alone donate 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, 500 bucks to. So, yeah. I mean, that, okay. That, that just reminded me. Do you remember when the rumor was Rich Rodriguez to Alabama? Yes. Do you remember how glued to the media we were that night and all the rumors and, and speculation, there were boosters coming out of the woodwork. Like we've got to get this guy paid. Like they were yeah. doing everything and anything. It, like, I mean, it was just like, here's a blank check. Just take it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we were doing what we could to keep him. And if, if, <laughs> If that happens today, if somebody like comes knocking, do you think that, you know, the millionaires and billionaires of West Virginia alumni are going to be like, uh, go ahead. <laughs> Clearly not. I mean, with Dana, that, that was the issue with Dana, right? Dana didn't choose to go to UH. Like, I want to go there. I don't want to be here anymore. Houston offered him a bigger contract and he came back and said, this is what they're offering me. Are you going to match it? And they said, no. That, and, and he left. And, and that's, you know, I mean, he wasn't like winning, you know, BCS games. Well, we won a BCS game. Let's just say that because I don't, you know, but like he was still winning. You know, yes, he was doing. He never had a stretch as bad as this stretch from Neil Brown. No. Well. No, not years long. No, no, no not consecutive no, no, no. years like no. that. Like, um, you had but, bad years, but not like that. But this. that's just another thing that, like, what's our, what's our end game with our athletic department, our university? Like, you know, we we fire Bill Stewart, and he's winning nine games a season. You know, we yeah. don't we don't pay Dana to keep him. He's winning nine games a season, like. Are we? Do we even want to win a national championship? Well, do we yeah, want? I, to, do we want to? Okay. <laughs> you're you you just you're unpacking a lot here with Bill Stewart. <laughs> so listen, he and he Bill Stewart. I think this is even a saying. Bill Stewart inher- inherited a Lamborghini. Yeah. Um. And, and 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 to be fair, the teams were trending in the wrong direction. We in his last year, we what we lost to East Carolina. Um, it was very it, like you were watching the team and you could, you could just see that it was going in the wrong direction. Right. Okay? And then they brought in Dana as a coordinator, head coach in waiting. And that clearly didn't work out. Um, and who in their right mind thought that was going to work out? Who sat down and said, you know what? Well, I bet yeah. you they'd be open to, to having this head coach in waiting. That's a good idea. Let's do that for our program. I'm sure the morale was just great. You know what I mean? Like, <sighs> I don't I don't agree with that. If you're going to do it, just do it. Rip the band-aid off. But sorry to interrupt your point. No, no, no. no. I, I think that's a I think that's a fair point. Um but keep, this was all over luck making these plays, which I think is one of the better 80s that we've had. Uh and I think that I think that what he was doing there was Bill Stewart, you're an awesome guy. We love you. You've been great for the university. We don't want to fire you. So but we also see this is going in the wrong direction. We want to bring in a hot offensive coordinator that has a 
a huge upside, which Dana did. And we want to do this in a way where you can have another year. You can go, I mean, think about it. If that had worked out, Bill Stewart goes out as an or- a two-time BCS champion as a coach, Orange Bowl and Fiesta Bowl champion. Right. And then Dana takes over the next year and Bill Stewart rides off in the sunset. Right. Like if that had worked out that way, that's how that would have gone. But yeah, well, like you said, egos, man, egos, yeah, yeah. egos mean, it, are egos. It, it goes back to, yeah, Bill Stewart was, you know, his, I don't know how old he was that final season, but uh, they were just assuming that he was like ready to hang it up. You know what I mean? Like that he was going to be okay with, with, yeah, you know, it's been a fun three or four years, you know, I'm glad you guys gave me the opportunity to, to be the head coach and all this. And yeah, let's, let's move forward with this, but, it is. It's as nice as a guy that he was. I don't. I, he's just one of those guys that just loved football. He's not going to ride off into the sunset. He's probably going to be doing that until he, you know, like most of these successful coaches or just coaches in general, like they stay on that sideline until they can't stand there anymore physically. You know, yeah. like. I don't know. But. Joe, Joe Paul went in the booth. <laughs> That's funny because I was thinking that about Joe Paul while he I was couldn't, saying that. He couldn't stay on the sideline physically, so he went to the booth and kept, yeah. kept coaching. Oh. Good God. Yeah, yeah. Hey, it's the, it's the ego on these guys. But I think that that's what makes them great as well. That, that yeah. ego, that mean streak, that um, I'm going to win at all costs, I, that is what – I think makes these guys great in what you love and maybe what we don't see enough of from Neil Brown um, that, that has us a bit concerned. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I don't, I don't see that. I saw more fire and passion out of, out of Bill Stewart, like in one game that I've seen, you know, out of Neil Brown, what feels like he, he was he got upset last night on they had him on you know they had the cameras on him he was mad about that um series where we ran the ball four times up the middle from the goal line about them not checking the spot you know like that's what you're mad about like i don't know <laughs> i just i can't believe that like going back to that series i can't believe it with a mobile quarterback there's not one rollout Play called out of the four there, <sighs> where you you know, you give you you've got a run pass option for the quarterback rolling out and like I cannot I cannot believe that that wasn't one of those four play calls. You know what that play call where you like you said not one rollout where you 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 roll out like you're going to pitch you can you know it's an RPO you can pitch keep it or that shovel pass yep to the inside <laughs> I would have rather seen. Hit, seen something like that three or yeah. four times in a row because at least you've got, you know, you you got three options. Yeah, yeah. I, but, and again, I go back like to that is I think that I think that at that point, still in the game, Neil Brown thought our offensive line is our strength, and we're going to come in here and we're going to, our offensive line is going to win. And they didn't win. No. They didn't win any <laughs> no. other situation. Nope. Uh, so, I don't know, man. Uh, I guess, like in summary, here some 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 closing thoughts. I don't know. Um, I, I think at the end of the day, like I hate to I hate to be the flip flopper, man. I, I and I fully admit and recognize that throughout this entire season and really near Neil Brown's whole tenure, I have flip flopped. The reason why is because I want him to succeed. 
Right. I really do. I like the yeah. guy. I look like his press conferences, man, for the most part, says the right things. And I really feel like he's a great fit for us. But good God, the dude it just can't get us over that hump. I know. And it's not Mount Everest here that I'm right. talking about. I'm talking like relevancy. Right. Relevancy every two to three years is all I'm asking for. How long has it been I, since I mean, we've he, been in the top 25? I don't think we haven't been ranked a single week since he's been here. So, uh, so and we're not going to be ranked this season. No. I don't think there's any chance that we're ranked this season. No, we win last night. We 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 oh, yeah. were in. We we, but, we would be ranked today probably if we yeah, were at Yeah, exactly. But but at but, this point, I don't care what happens the next two three games. I don't think we get ranked. Um and yeah, I mean that year 5, he hasn't gotten us in the top 25 a single time. What case can you make to keep Neil Brown that is stronger than that? I don't know. You can say eight and four. One team on that in those eight wins that has a winning record, I believe, is what right. we're looking at. One, maybe two. Maybe yeah. BYU and Texas Tech have winning records at the end of the year. Yeah. I think, you know, what we were talking about replacing that our, the teams on our schedule. We In the old Big 12, we would have played Texas. Uh, who, what were the two that we mentioned? We would have played Texas, Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State, Iowa, Iowa State. State. And Kansas. Yeah. Those are all four losses, in my opinion. Based <laughs> they, yeah. on, maybe, maybe we beat Iowa State. Maybe. Yeah, but we we always seem to struggle with Iowa State, uh, even when we were at you know at our best in the early years of the the Big Twelve. Yeah, we always seem to struggle with them, and it it does it, it's weird, but like it would seem like we we typically played competitive. I mean, there was a few years, but we typically played competitive against Texas. We seem to have Kansas State's number. Oklahoma State was a toss-up, but Texas Tech and Iowa State seem to have our number every season. Yeah. Um, what? On, on okay. Best case scenario with that schedule, I think. Best case scenario, we're looking at five wins. Yeah. And yeah. so you're right back. Are, are, are you telling right. me Neil Brown keeps his job? No. Right. No. So if you're if you're wanting to like use eight and four and say you got to keep him, he went eight and four. There's there, there's clearly a line there where eight and four doesn't mean much with this schedule compared to this schedule. So if you really dissect that, is that what you want to hang your hat on? I don't think you can. I don't I, either. I, I think you have to have at least one upset win. Um, and he's he didn't get it done this year. He had opportunities. Um, I felt like we were trending the right way going into that game last night, but then it was like you said, we're it's just the up and down. You know, it's tough. You know, I'll I don't want to talk him up and be you know blah blah blah. In one week when we're doing well, and then you know the after a game last night we. Your mindset changes, and you're like firing Neil, Neil Brown. But I'm just, you know, like we talked earlier on in this segment, I'm tired of of having to emotionally go through that. Like, for sure, do I want him here or do I not want him here? And even whenever we're playing well, I'm still questioning: is he the right guy? Yeah, it, but and 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 you can't make that case to Rim Baker like that Rim, right. Rim, Rim Baker that's not going to factor into Rim Baker's decision but whenever I look at it, and what really opened my eyes to that is like whenever I was thinking about Jimbo Fisher I was excited 
And then I realized it's not because I'm excited about Jimbo Fisher. I was excited that Neil Brown was not going to be our coach anymore. And we just weren't going to be talking about them. Right. Like we, I, That's <laughs> what I was excited about. And I think that is, that is like the, the thing I can say to myself that like, okay, what, how can you justify getting rid of Neil Brown and an eight and four year? It's because I'm just fatigued from this. Right. I'm, I'm fatigued from this era and I'm ready to move on. That's yeah, I'm, where I'm, I'm, I'm coming I'm, from. Yeah. I'm ready to talk about something else. Like, <laughs> so we decided to start a podcast where we talked about it. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it, I don't know. It just, it, it is. It's, <laughs> it gives you a lot to talk about, but at the same time, you're just, regurgitating the same old, same old all the yeah. time. But, but here's something a little off topic. What Jim Harbaugh watched their game yesterday from the team hotel room. How do you think he watched that game? Do you think he was kicked back on his motel bed or his hotel bed with like a bag of chips like we would watch a football game? Or how does a suspended coach, suspended head coach that has a top five team that can't coach them watch a football game? I from the hotel, I bet he was in a van out in the parking lot with with a with a scanner that picked up all the frequencies from the headsets and he was plugged right in. You're uh, probably not wrong. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure he had open lines of communication to the coaching staff the whole time. Gosh. Sure, right? I mean, is it like um, is it like a like a operations center, like is he like like got this thing set up like a press booth, you know? Like With the other team's plays in front of him. He's 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 taking over for 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 Connor. Or is he uh, like in his hotel room, laying there, just like with sour patch kids and Doritos and like, six I'm good. I mean, maybe because like if, if, we, if we win, if we he's like that might be like the, the least stress he's ever seen because he's like if we win, I build a great team. If we lose, because I wasn't there, right? You know, uh, this is no stress for me. But, but I, I don't. I I saw an awesome sign on College Game Day. The sign was Jim Harbaugh stole my other sign. <laughs> that's and a good I one. Like, I that's, a good like, one. that's good. That's good. Uh so. Another thing that was outside of our game, it was was it the USC game last night. The USC no, wait a minute. If you're thinking Pac-12, Washington and Utah had a good yes, game. that's what it was. Washington and Utah game. The what was the? It was a pick. Pick six, six yeah. that the guy dropped the ball before yeah. he crossed the, the goal line. And not on like the one yard it line. It was like this the was two. The two or three. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like the ball stopped with plenty of plenty of distance between the goal line. Like what as a head coach, can you imagine? Oh my God. Because uh, I'm I mean, like not a fan of either one of those teams, and he did that. I was like, it made me sick to my stomach to see that. I was like, oh my god, he dropped it. <laughs> that's why. That's why I feel like Washington is having whatever TCU's luck was last year has been given to Washington this year. Because wasn't the next play a safety? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so it yeah. actually, it could it could it could have been a net positive, right? Instead of yeah. Seven points. They got nine points out of it. Yeah. They they got. Yeah. It was. It was a net positive. Like <laughs> they got the ball back and scored again, and like it took uh, time. Like 
How and that guy that's that? sitting over there, that defender on the sideline, is probably like, like, <laughs> thank <Right>. God. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because I mean, that could be that could have been a like, oh, yeah. that could have ruined their season. What if like nobody's paying attention and the other team picks it up and runs it back for a touchdown? Like, yeah, that could have happened. If, if that's not an offensive lineman that jumped on that ball, like everybody from Washington was celebrating. You're right. I mean, they could have easily scooped that thing up and ran it the other way. And that is that is like people talk about 14 point swings because like, oh, we fumbled on the, 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 the five yard line. We were getting ready to score. Like, okay, anything can happen. That that is a true fourteen point swing, like right. literally. Yes, that was seven points off the board and put on the other team's. Yes, court. yeah. <laughs> oh, gosh, <laughs> but yeah, I just wanted to ask you about how the Jim Harbaugh thing, like how how he yeah. watches a football game when he's suspended. Because how many times is that? Twice this season he's been suspended. Yeah, the first, I think the first. Three. Two or three games he was suspended as well. So this guy's getting – he's making out on his contract whenever he only has to coach half the games. Him and him and Jose Perez <laughs> have the same uh, agent, uh, you know. Yeah, exactly, and uh, Arch Manning. <laughs> uh, Speaking right, well, of Arch Manning, where do you think he's going to end up? Wait, is he leaving? I'd say he will. Why? Because he's not playing. I've he's heard of Iowa State. Though. I know, but he's Arch, he's Arch Manning. I've heard Ohio State and Ole Miss, of course. But wait, how? What is there like clear indications that he's well, not going to get the job there? I, I think that yours is a junior, isn't he? Oh, uh, maybe. I think so. Yeah. I, know, I mean, but I mean, if he if he's like, I'm not going to start next year. I I could see that. Uh, uh yeah, I don't know. Because Ohio State is hurt, hurting for a quarterback right now, and I'm sure they'd love to scoop that up. But like, that's how that that's a, like this is so crazy. It makes me like not even want to talk right, like or, or pay attention to college football. So we're living in a world right now in college football where Jimbo Fisher is going to get paid seventy five million dollars <laughs> to to not work. Okay, <laughs> and then also there's a chance that Arch Manning gets a raise right without ever touching the field in his freshman year. Yeah. What the fuck world are we living in in college football? I don't know. Like, like Ohio State might come in and be like, here's a bag. We're going to pay you more. How much are you getting down in Texas? Okay, here's more to come here. Yeah, and I don't I don't know. I mean, Ohio State obviously has money, but I don't know that they have Texas money, though. They've got money. They've got money. But I would say it's like a similar world, you know. What's... What's the difference between 150 billion to 149 billion? That's 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 what I would say there. Yeah, I mean, I don't know though. Texas money must be real though, because somehow they're paying that buyout. Yeah, and then they're gonna pay a new coach. Like, yeah, that's what's crazy about it. So over the next eight years, they're gonna pay Jimbo Fisher seven million dollars a year plus whatever coach they hire. Yeah, and then so you, like, imagine being that coach and be like, wait a second, you're gonna pay me five million? You mean you're gonna pay? Jimbo right. more than you're going to pay me over the next five years? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah, they're going to be looking at close to probably $15, $15 million a year they're paying two, two separate, you know, two coaches, former coach. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, uh, you know, you brought, you brought up the Rich Rod to Alabama thing earlier. I always like the, the theory craft on this. Is there any chance in the world that if Rich Rod had gone to Alabama, that Nick Saban comes to West Virginia? <clears throat> 
Because <laughs> that's who they hired. I mean, that was – Well, he's also coming from LSU, won a national championship at LSU. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no as well. Because <laughs> he was but, he was employed in the NFL, right? It wasn't like he was off a year or anything like that. He yeah, was yeah. currently coaching the Dolphins yeah. and left them midseason. Yes. Um, yeah. Does he do that for West Virginia? Does West Virginia even make that call because they're like, I'm scared? <laughs> like, yeah. You know, I'm, uh, I don't I think know he's going to say no, but is he going to be mean about it? <laughs> right. 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 Because right. uh, he yeah. looks like a kind of a scary dude. Yeah. You didn't uh, have to hurt my feelings. <laughs> you could have just said no. I mean, he's not going to Alabama. So right. where would he have ended up? I mean, anywhere, really. And he, he had any job he wanted, but. Nick Saban's West Virginia guy. It's not crazy to think that he would have maybe wanted to come to West Virginia. I don't know. Yeah, you don't know. Because it's not like we were, you know, we were we were definitely relevant at that time. So, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But what, what would that look like? <laughs> rings, baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. Statues. Statues, statues and rings and. 85 analysts. Uh, we might be going to the SEC next year. We might, we might be in the SEC, actually. Like, think about that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Would we have gone to the Big 12 or would the SEC be like, hey, let's bring in West Virginia? Yeah. Uh, instead of maybe Missouri or uh, what else did they bring in at that time? A&M. Yeah, that's right. I don't know. It's it's crazy. It's crazy to think about. I I don't think there's any world in which Nick Saban coaches at West Virginia. But you're right. We were we were a top ten program at that time. Right. Yeah. So, but I mean, we are. We're like we talked. I think last time it's like the same exact situation we were in in the Big East. We had relevant, you know, powerhouse schools with Virginia Tech, Miami, and and they leave, and then. We we fill those gaps, but nowhere near the caliber programs, and we're we're right back in the same same boat. Um, right, but, but we had a coach at that time who came in and led us to the top of that yeah, garbage pile. Right, uh, you know, I mean, we were you could say we were in an awful conference, but we were the beast of the East. Right, and, you know, it, like we were we were beating everybody. Yeah, at uh, least we South the, Florida. Yeah, at least we weren't the <laughs> shittiest team in the shitty right. conference. Right, we're, you know. Still, it still says something to be the best team in the shitty conference, but we've got to be that now. We have to, yeah. like, now's the time. Yeah. And we need a coach that can lead us there. Yeah. And Rich Rodriguez is that Nick man. Saban. Nick Saban. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, is, like, we talked about ego and motivation a lot. Is there anything in, like, Nick Saban's ego that would be like, I want to prove that I'm the best of all time? What better way? Yeah, than to go to West Virginia. Yeah, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's like uh, it's take take what? the take the ugly girl and take her glasses off and give her right, some. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> like I want to go. I want to prove that I'm the best there. Kirby Smart can have the SEC. I'm heading to West Virginia. I'm going to build them into a yeah. dynasty. We're going to meet in the college football playoff. But, I'm going to. I'm going to take them to the promised land. Yes, yes. But, like, why? You know, it actually is not crazy because you don't have the hurdles to jump. Except for the fact that the cupboard is absolutely bare. Other than, uh, the, yeah. But that's where that's where you as a head coach have to, like, you know, 
do your job, but like after you feel like you've got your pieces, it's like, okay, we're just going to run over this conference and go to the playoffs. That's like, actually true with the transfers and stuff. Now, Nick Saban could do the Dion yeah. and yes. just have a completely like completely yeah. different roster next year. We can't get one player's waiver cleared, but Dion Sanders took an entire football team. And made them eligible in one one year. That's one of my, that's one of my favorite like quotes. And I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, but imagine having the, the the balls to stand in front of the team that you just inherited, just became the head coach of, and say to them something along the lines of, "Hey, there's gonna be a lot of you that are need gonna need to get out of here because yeah. I'm bringing my own luggage, and it's Louis Vuitton." Yeah, I know. Like, I bet you if you're sitting in that room as one of those players, you're just like. What the fuck is going on? Like, is he for real? I'm lose my scholarship. <laughs> yes, yeah, uh, yeah, I guarantee there's nobody laughing harder at them losing what six in a row than yeah. and those players that are right. like, "How's that Louis Vuitton looking?" Right. But you know, like it was exciting at the beginning of the year when he came out three and zero. Like I thought, wow, you know, this is this is pretty pretty cool that he's doing this. I like Dion. I like his. You know, he's got that charisma he's got that confidence but like yeah you're right those players are probably a little smiley faced there's i've I've seen reports saying that he's a candidate for texas that's how crazy the college that's how crazy the college football landscape is right now right there will just show you that they're only looking at it from a financial aspect because look at the money that he brought into Colorado in such a short amount of time. They didn't have the money to pay his contract. And after the what second home game, like they the revenue generated like from the all yeah, the, but, the buzz, like they they had, you know, it was there. I think I think that's the the opposite of what Texas AM is looking at. They're, clearly finances are not a concern to them. They want win. They want they want SEC titles. That's what they want. And money is not an object. Uh, so I, I think I don't I think that that report was just like spitballing. Bogus. I don't think Deion Sanders is a candidate at Texas AM. I think they would nah. be crazy to think that he's gonna take Yeah, no, that's not happening. But I, I really do. I really do. It would I would say the top two candidates are Duke head coaches or Urban Meyer. That's my opinion. Urban I don't Meyer think they make probably... this call without like you think about who who are the coaches? Like Urban Meyer is somebody they could have been talking with for the last two weeks, right? Because he's not employed right now. He's or, a shady he, son he, of a bitch, anyway. Right, so right, right. So so he, they could have been talking with him. In my opinion, you don't make this move without having a head coach lined up, and right. that's what I think. It's either him or the Duke head coach. Yeah, the, yeah, you're right. I mean, they probably the the talks of firing him started a couple of weeks ago, probably. I mean, it was obviously he was on a hot seat at the beginning of the season, but they were like seriously talking about firing him a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And like it really picked up steam. So that couple of weeks, a lot, a lot could change behind the scenes and people, you know, making phone calls. So yeah, you're, you're, you're probably not wrong there that I'm sure that, you know, Urban Myers probably, <laughs> Not far fetched for being contacted no. at all. Um, I, I and why wouldn't it. you? Why wouldn't you want? If you're Texas A&M, why would you not want to throw all of your, you know, uh, you make a deal with the or, devil? Yes, he, yeah. he, he wanted Utah. Like if it weren't for him, for Utah, you know, just not having the 
prestige as Power Five schools. It yeah. wouldn't surprise me if they would have given them a shot that he could have beaten whoever, you know, Oklahoma or Florida State or Ohio State, whoever played for the national championship those years. It wouldn't have surprised me at all. And then, you know, everywhere he goes, he wins. And it's like, and he does it fast. Yep. So, like you said, yeah, that's what they're looking for. And they, yeah, <laughs> that'd probably be their best bet. I would say so. That's who That's who I would recommend for them, yeah. even though he's, again, a pretty disgusting human being based right. on all the uh, scandals and everything around. Yeah. But that's what works in college. So, but, yeah. yeah, I mean, as far as our head coaching situation goes, um, I don't know. I think at this point, <clears throat> it's just anything's open. I'm open to anything. Um Except extensions. <laughs> I, 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 I'm going to root for him. I'm going to root for the kids. I'm going to root for us to play well the next two games. I'm going to root for Garrett Green to, to, to shake off the bad game and, and really you know have some good games. I'm going to root for us to go eight and four and go to a bowl game and play well there. But, man, I just I really don't want to talk about this again next year, man. I don't either. And that's not necessarily Neil Brown's fault. I guess it is, but like, I just don't want, I don't, I, I can't imagine the thought of watching the same type of team go out there again next year. I can't imagine the same like mediocrity. I can't imagine the same um, play calling and way our offense looks and the way yeah. our secondary looks. I just can't imagine watching that again. Yeah. I don't want to. I mean, I'm with you. I, I'm, I'm rooting for our team. And, I want him to win, but you know, like then just do it already. Just do it already. You know, if you're these, some of these kids, you know, these coaches will move on. They'll be able to coach for 20, 30 years. If you know, they have any kind yeah. of success rate. Uh, some of these kids are like four years, three years of playing football. You know, that's all they're there for. It's just to, to play Zach football. Frazier. Yeah. Well, probably, I mean, Zach Frazier is one of the best mountaineers of all time. Yeah, and he spent his entire career in the Neil Neil Brown era. Yeah, that's rough, man. Yep, it is. It's and you feel bad for him. Um, but I don't know. I want him to win. I'm a West Virginia fan. We're West Virginia fans. We want to be successful, but and it really, really breaks my heart to feel like that. I I thought at the beginning of the season like. Let's just tank this thing, get rid of him, start over. Like, I don't want to lose, you know, even if I do want a new head coach, I still don't want to lose. It's, but <laughs> I don't know. It's it's so up and down. I'm tired of, like, the inconsistency, and I don't know. We'll just see how. I'm ready to turn a new page. That's just, <laughs> yeah. it's just, that's probably the best way to say it. Yeah. It's, yep. it's a new Big 12 next year. Let's go into it with a new coach. Right. Excitement. Let's get out there. Let's win some games. Let's let's fill the stands back up again. Let's make a night game in Morgantown mean something. Let's get yeah. back into the top 25. Right. Um, and it, or at least have the mindset like if a new coach is here next year and we suck, we can be like, okay, it's his first year. All right. right? You know, yeah. this is all this is all cherry. And then like I but like the whole Neil Brown conversation, man, I can't do it for another year. I just can't. Yeah. So we may right, have well, to take the time to review every single one of Rich's games. 
to Phil Collins yes, instead yes, of talking about yes, it. Yes. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So maybe maybe sometime this week we'll get together with Ryan and we'll do an episode of If Not Neil Brown, then who? Okay. Uh, we'll talk about our top top candidates. Make yeah, case give, for give some time to uh, do a little research yeah. this week and yeah, because I mean I don't really care about talking about the next game. I think we both kind of said that whatever happens next games doesn't really matter that much. We hope we win, but it's not like I'm not going to break them down and right. and really care that much about them. So yeah. that, that sounds like a good plan. <laughs> Yeah, we went from playing meaningful football in November last <laughs> week to back to who gives a shit. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we did. Uh, <sighs> but I mean, the, the, the only, I mean, yeah. So, all right. So, yeah, we'll talk to Ryan about that. If you're watching this uh, on YouTube, you can also watch the audio only version on Spotify. Keep that in mind. Just look up Near and Far Podcast uh, on Spotify. That's the easiest way to find it. And uh, yeah, we got our first comment on the channel the other day uh, was they should fire Neil Brown. So, uh, you know, this 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 conversation is not coming from anywhere. But if you want to leave his comments, we'll read them for sure. And uh, we might talk about them in the next episode. So keep that in mind as well. And yeah, we'll see you on the next one.